The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. You know, if you're like me, around this time of year, you start to think about resolutions. And I've noticed in my life, there are people that stick to resolutions, and there are people more like myself that don't. And I think resolutions can be a good thing. They can be a bad thing. Like anything, they can be used for good or bad. But I find that living in a society that changes so quickly, it can be hard to make concrete plans and to know what we're supposed to do with our lives. You know, there was a video that went viral last year, and it was of somebody reading their 2020 resolutions. And she was crying, laughing hysterically at her precious little January self in the year 2020. Because her resolutions were to travel more, to lose weight and be more social, to cry less and spend more time with grandma. That was her list of resolutions in the year 2020. And three months later, she could not have predicted about how different she was going to have to modify that list. And a pandemic seems rather unusual, but I think if we're being honest, our plans are always getting derailed. Our resolutions and our ideas and imaginations about what our future is going to look like is often changed in an instant. If it's not a pandemic, maybe it's cancer, death, divorce, layoffs, a miscarriage, a child going to rehab. The reality is, is there are things in all of our lives that we can't always control, and that drives us nuts. We are a people that like control. We love certainty. And we're reminded time and time again as we live our lives that we only have so much control. Our anxieties often come from our lack of control that we have. Anxiety disorders like OCD that I personally struggle with, they call it the doubting disease, an inability to tolerate uncertainty. Eating disorders, professionals will say, it's all about control. And I used to not know what that, ma- what that meant, but what I believe it means is that when we are people who cling to control, we often suffer. Resolutions focus on what we can control, and the reality is, is we can control some things, but during this sacred time of the calendar year on the Christian calendar, this is the week of the epiphany. And January 6th marks a Christian holiday called the Feast of the Epiphany, and it's a time when we remember a couple of people that we refer to as magi or wise men, faithfully following a star trusting that this star that disappears and reappears was going to lead them to the birth of Christ. I think about the amount of faith it would take to follow something as ridiculous as a star. 
How do you even follow a star? Does it move? How does that work? They didn't know all the answers at the time. They just trusted it was the right, leading to the truth. Now, as I reflect on my life throughout this time of year of resolutioning on New Year's Day, I, a couple years ago, went back to my childhood bedroom when my parents were still living in Wisconsin. And there's something about being in your childhood bedroom. If you have the privilege of that still existing in your life, I highly recommend just going to that space or imagining that space. Because it reminds you kind of of who you used to be and where you've gone. And I remember walking into my childhood bedroom and it had blue carpet because my mom had given me a princess bedroom and I protested when I became a teenager and I begged her for blue carpet. So I had this long, fuzzy blue carpet that was really ugly, but I thought it was awesome. I had lava lamps that were sparkly. I remember playing my now Christian CD in my boombox and looking at the, the lava lamp and just thinking, God is amazing. Look at this lava lamp, it has to be true. My theology was sophisticated, as you can tell. <laughs> but I stumbled across this journal when I was in my childhood bedroom. I opened up this wooden door and there was this black journal with planets on it and I always loved the stars. And I remember writing in it, but I don't remember what I wrote. So I opened up this journal and it started on New Year's Day, 2005. And the journal was filled with my resolutions and my enacting out of that resolution. And my goal as a 17-year-old was to start a diet and another diet and to not eat this food and to punish myself for eating that food. And come on, Erica, when are you going to get it together? Why can't you just stick to this diet plan? What's wrong with you? I'm gonna start tomorrow. I binged tonight, I threw away food, I ate it out of the trash, I feel disgusting. I'm gonna start tomorrow. And there were pages and pages about what I was eating or not eating, the food I was avoiding or throwing away. And it made me sad. Because I thought as a 17-year-old, what could I have done with all that energy? All that obsession I had about dieting, diets that I didn't need to be on because I was in a healthy 17-year-old body. But my resolutions were narrow and constrictive. They weren't expansive and full of freedom and grace and beauty. They were full of doubt and shame and making my life smaller and more controllable. I wonder if our resolutions can be the type that invite us to live more like Christ and not demand more control. 
There's nothing wrong with wanting to control areas of our life that we can. And I know people who have made resolutions to get healthy and they've done that in a sane and normal way. But I also know that resolutions can be a place of shame and burden and I don't believe they have to be. You know, we ask children, what are you gonna be when you grow up? But we don't always ask them who they're gonna be. What do you value? What matters? I know for me in this season, some of my resolutions are to be a kinder wife that's patient and slow to anger. The kind of mom that puts her phone away when she's at the park. I want to be the kind of group member and teammate that refuses to gossip as a means of connecting with others. These are a couple of the resolutions that I believe will invite me to live a larger, more expansive and free life. Because the reality is, is there's gonna be things that happen in 2022 that we cannot imagine. Life is going to surprise us, good and bad. And my guess is that those surprises are gonna derail a lot of our precious plans. But as Christians, one thing never changes, and that's the reality of Christ. That's the reality that God came to us in the form of a baby, and on that day when he was born, the world and our lives would never be the same. Nothing, a pandemic, cancer, divorce, nothing that comes our way can derail that truth. And I wonder what it would look like to double down during the season of Epiphany on the reality that while there's a lot we can't control, there are things that never change and those things matter. The season of Epiphany happens in the book of Matthew and it describes the wise men following the star. It says, the wise men left Herod's chambers and went on their way. The star they had first seen in the east reappeared, a miracle that, of course, overjoyed and enraptured the wise men. The star led them to the house where Jesus lay, and as soon as the wise men arrived, they saw him with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. They unpacked their satchels and gave Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, this is kind of an interesting story. So this star reappears after disappearing. These wise men follow it to baby Jesus, and they bring with them gifts, mainly gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never given an infant newborn gold. I don't even know what they would do with that. But these gifts were very symbolic. Gold was a symbol and and a gift that you would give to a king. And we know that Jesus was the king of all kings. Frankincense was actually an incense that a priest would use. And we know that Jesus was the priest of most high priests. And finally, myrrh, which is probably my favorite, that was something that was used to heal. And we now know Jesus was the ultimate healer but it was also used to embalm dead corpses. So it sounds like a pretty morbid gift to give a newborn, 
But indeed, this myrrh was symbolic that Jesus' death and resurrection was going to be just as important and pivotal as his birth. So these gifts were theologically thought out, much like my lava lamps. The story continues. It says, and then, just as Joseph did a few months before, the wise men had a dream, warning them not to go back to Herod. The wise men heeded the dream. Ignoring Herod's instructions, they returned to their homes in the east by a different route. I love that last line up there. The wise men heeded the dream. Ignoring Herod's instructions, they returned to their homes in the east by a different route. Now, if you know this whole story, Herod was a powerful and rather evil ruler. And the wise men ignored his instructions because they had a feeling the reason that Herod wanted to know where they were going was because Herod wanted to kill baby Jesus. And we find out later in the story that was indeed the reason because Herod ravaged through the town, killing the firstborn boys of every family. But what I'm most impressed about is that the wise men didn't follow the advice that they were given. They didn't listen to what a powerful king had told them to do. They went on their own path, a different route. They followed not the map from a king, but the map from a god led by a mysterious star. And I know in my own life, when I'm following a mystery in uncertainty, I'm often on a good path. When I don't have all the answers to everything, but I have a hunch that I should be going a certain direction and I don't know why, it's often because underneath that hunch is some kind of North Star, some kind of belief that one step at a time is a good and faithful journey, even if it's in the darkness, because it can lead to the truth. You know, as a newish mom, I have a 16-month-old, and um, I find myself craving certainty that I'm doing everything right. Not even just right, but perfectly. Um, how do I get my child to sleep? How much should he eat? Um, what am I doing? How should I be doing this? Sometimes I'll Google all these questions and I'll, I just, I really wanna find a website by a certified expert that tells me I'm awesome and I'm doing everything right and to keep going. And I have yet to find that website. And what this story reminds me of is that sometimes when we're following our spirit and listening to God, our paths are going to take an alternative route. It says in Matthew 2, it says they unpacked their satchels and gave, or sorry, it says ignoring Herod's instructions, they returned to their homes in the east by a different route. And I wonder, Ecclesia, if we faithfully follow our plans, if we faithfully surrender to the plans of God, I wonder if we're gonna go a different route. I wonder if our route is gonna look different than other people's. 
And in fact, I would bet that if you are ignoring the bad advice from the King Herods in your life and trusting the greater vision of Christ, that you're gonna be required to go a different route. And although it might look different and weird and uncertain, that doesn't mean it's not the right route you're supposed to be on. Because if we know anything from the Bible and this story is that we often have to follow a faithful mystery to be on the right path. I love that in the Bible, these revelations and plans, they were revealed not by clear instructions, but through dreams and stars. And so what would it look like, Ecclesia, if we were to start the new year not certain about what 2022 was gonna look like, but faithful of what we valued? Faithful that what does matter is that a baby was born and nobody can take away the hope that we have from the truth of this story. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.